Well, amen, amen, amen. Good evening, everyone. Uh, this is Pastors Lester and Sharon Hayes uh, welcoming and greeting all of you tonight in an awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank the Lord tonight for uh, allowing us to be together in fellowship and share the word, study the word together. Amen. Hear the word tonight. Amen. And just reveal uh, the what is in the contained in the word as we open it up tonight. Pray that the Holy Ghost will help us tonight to be able to deliver the word with clarity and simplicity and that he will give ears to all of the listeners out there to hear what does say the spirit of the Lord tonight. Even though you will hear my voice, but I pray that you hear the word of God as it is transferred to you through my voice tonight. Amen. I pray that God would just use uh, me tonight to be able to bring forth this word tonight. I've studied this word and showed myself approved unto God. And so prayerfully, hopefully you'll get the same or better or more of uh, what I got out of the word when I looked at it. It really opened up. It really revealed a lot. And I'm always in the business or in the mode thinking forward, wanting to know a lot more about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you why I want to know what we should aspire to know, strive, aim to know much about him. Because when we get to heaven, he's going to be the one that we all want to see face to face. All we see down here is great, it's wonderful. But man, when we get to heaven, when he comes to the earth and create that new heaven and that new Jerusalem, and we get a chance to be there with him. I'm telling you, I'm excited about looking and seeing him face to face. And so I'm getting myself prepared and ready down here by reading and learning as much as I can about him. Don't get me wrong. Now, there's a whole bunch of other anointed characters in the Bible. you got the two witnesses, you know, Elijah that represented the law and Mo I mean, Moses that represented the law and Elijah that represented the prophet. They're going to be there. You know, all the Timothys, Peters and John, all those people are going to be there. The Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. But man, when I see them, I'm going to tell them, y'all take me to let me see Jesus. I waited too long, worked too hard been too faithful and endured to the end, working out my savage and fear and tremor. I got to see Jesus. So y'all take me to see Jesus, please. And so that's what we're working for, that we might live again, that we might see Jesus face to face. And to be able to do that, the Bible says that we shall be just like him. That's how we're going to be able to do it. You know, we'll be just like him. Amen. We'll see him the way he is because we'll be just like him. I tell you, that excites me, man. But in the meantime, we get to learn as much as we can about what he looks like, what others say he looked like when he was here on the earth. I don't know whether he's going to look like that or not, but I'm telling you, I'm loving what I'm being, what I'm being taught here in the word. I'm loving what I'm seeing about him, man. I'm loving what I'm imagining about him. And I say, boy, if it get any better than this, man, I would have died and went to heaven. Amen. And so let's pray and get into this word tonight. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into any temptation, but deliver us from all evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power and the glory. It all belongs to you. Now, Holy Spirit, as we come tonight, we just pray tonight that you would give us a word of wisdom. Let it be clear. Let it be plain. Let it be simple. Let it be real. Let it be genuine tonight. Let it be rhema tonight. Let it come off the pages and let it produce faith in us that we will believe. Amen. That we have heard 
the word of God. And so the Bible lets us know that the kinsfolks of Jesus are the ones who hear God's word and do it. So not tonight, let us just be hearers, but let us go away tonight at the conclusion of this call and do the work that is required as we hear the word tonight. Amen. And so we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor tonight for what our ears are about to hear, our hearts are about to receive, and what our eyes are about to behold. Wonderful things from your plan of salvation. Revelation knowledge about Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, Father, we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. All right, then. Well, again, we're going to pick up our study tonight in the book of John. Amen. That's John's gospel, uh, chapter 5. Amen. We're going to begin uh, around verse 32. We finished up on Monday. We didn't get far on Monday. I think we just got a couple of verses and uh, several scripture references. But tonight I want to really talk to you from a subject. We kind of got started uh, on Monday uh, talking about where are the witnesses, who are the witnesses, you know, what are the witnesses to all this revelation about Jesus Christ. And it's always good, you know, when you show up somewhere, man, and, and you know, and you're making a claim about something. Uh, the other day we talked about where's the proof. You always got to have some evidence in the proof. And we went through that series of revelations about the proof to every claim that Jesus made. But then it, it, it went to another level and he started talking about now where are the witnesses. Amen. And we talked about the sevenfold witness, uh, you know, from the word about Jesus Christ as John was given the revelation, as he penned it, as he wrote it down so that we might have these things again, that we might believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God you know, bearing more witness with, with than just our witness or what we think or what we perceive, but looking at the witnesses of the scripture and how the scripture begins to unfold and reveal to us, these were the witnesses, you know, where are they at? You know, where were they at? What, what was their relationship with Jesus? So we're going to delve into all of that tonight, that sevenfold plan of witnesses or layers of witnesses that witnessed who Jesus Christ was, who he claimed to be. So we're going to get a look at those tonight, amen, because today, the life we live today, it is our responsibility after that the Holy Ghost has come upon us to be those witnesses just like they witnessed to Jesus as he taught them who he was. They asked him questions. They witnessed back to him. They wanted to see things, you know, Dowden Thomas wanted to see his hands. He wanted to examine him. The, 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 the Mary and them, they went early that morning to the tomb to see had he really risen like he had said. She re remembered all them things she had kept in her heart back over there in the book of Luke, the first chapter when the angel appeared to her, man, and told her she was highly favored. And she put all them things in her heart that she was going to bear a savior, man. And so, boom, you know, all, them, all of them, they witnessed those things. But today we get to be the witnesses to the world out there that don't know Jesus. But first, we have to have him witness to us, and we need to be able to look in the scriptures and see what the witnesses were and kind of see, man, is it witnessing anything to us that we can use to make our case when we go forth and witness? We got to have some knowledge about him. We got to know something about him. He got to make himself known to us, be easier for us to make him known to others. We can't just assume that we know who he is. We have to have the word to fortify and to strengthen our ability to be able to witness. In other words, we want to be able to use the truth. I don't want to give my opinion. I don't want to go out there and give my little righteousness. I don't want to go out there and give my little theories. But I want to be able to take the word of God, become one with that word, know what I'm talking about, and publish that word 
unadulterated, infallible, authentic, not adding nothing to it or taking nothing from it, but because that gospel, that's the power of God right there. And so we want to be able to do that effectively when we start talking about, well, the scripture said Jesus was, this is who, what he, who he said. Well, the Holy Ghost said this right here, you know. Well, the Father said this right Well, he said this about himself. We want to be able to emphatically have that conversation right there. But if we don't go in here and study that word, we'll be talking, well, you know, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But we won't be able to have no, uh, no, uh, no, uh, you know, no, no, no proof or no evidence that he is who he say he is unless we have the word. Because that's what bear record, amen. It has all these different levels in here of witnesses, who they were, where they were, and what they were. And we're going to examine that tonight. So I want to talk to you about that tonight. The, you know, Jesus Christ's revelation of the sevenfold witnesses to Jesus's authority in his power. That is so paramount and so important. Amen. So let me just run them down to you. We'll take a look at them tonight and then we'll go into the lesson tonight. Number one. We look over in the first chapter of the book of John, uh, verse 34, the King James Bible. And this is the first witness, John the Baptist. Kind of remember now, John the Baptist came to do what? Be that voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. So he was the first announcement. He was the first representative. He was the first ambassador to talk about the coming of the Lamb of God that was going to take away the sins of the world. Someone, John, said, I'm not even worthy enough to unlatch the latches on his sandals. You know, he's the one. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes and shows up while John is out there ministering and baptizing many disciples, man, unto repentance. And Jesus shows up and he says, hey, behold, the Lamb of God. Cometh who takes away the sins of the world, just like he had said as he was teaching them. And then, boom, you know, he looked at, he said, my God, he must increase so I can now decrease. And so he was that first witness. So let's look over here in the first chapter of the book of John, chapter one, verse 34, the King James Bible. And kind of see what he said. Okay, we'll run through these seven real quick and then we'll go into more detail. He goes on to say. Okay, that Christ was the son of God. Verse 34, he says this, and I saw and bear record, I, I was a witness, that this is the son of God. Bam, there it is right there. John the Baptist, that voice crying in the wilderness. And he says it right there. This is the son of God. Now he's talking to all those disciples that he's out there baptizing. He probably had a greater audience of people. Some of the commentaries I looked at talked about he may have baptized three, 4,000 people, man, a day. You know, I'm like, wow, he was really going about his business. He was out there ministering. He was that voice man and study baptizing, but he was only baptizing unto repentance. That's important because Jesus was going to come and baptize with fire and with power. You know, amen. And so we see right there now the word, there's that, there's that first level of that sevenfold witness. Okay, next we want to take a look at the works of Jesus Christ. We always... We always talk about the works that he did. So let's kind of see what the scripture says right here in the fifth chapter. Amen. Let's take a look at verse, I want to say verse 36. Amen. Let's just see what it says about Jesus Christ. That's verse 36. Amen. It says this, but I have greater witness than that of John. We just got through talking about it and saw what John witness was. But Jesus is saying, I have greater witness of, of the words. I have greater witness than that of John for the works which the father has given me to finish the same works that I do bear witness of me that the father have sent me. 
Amen. So there is the second uh, witness right there. We went over some of these last week, two of them at least uh, the other day, but we're, we're, we're kind of like going back through them here. So you see right there, uh, he said that the works, uh, that's witness number two. So let's go back up here and take a look at what the third one was. And we're going to get into a little bit more detail. Uh, next, uh, he talks about the father. Okay. The father, Jesus father, heavenly father, not, not Joseph, but his heavenly father have to remember now, Joseph was his stepfather. Okay. Jesus was not born of any man's blood, any human blood. It was conceived, he was conceived by the Holy ghost in the Virgin Mary. So he had no human blood in him. So now he's saying his father who sent him bear record of him. You know, he, the, the works he told him to do, they bear witness of him. And so let's kind of go over here now. Yeah, verse 36, he talks about that. So let's go look at the father now. Verse 37, amen. Verse 37, let's see what verse 37 says. We just went over 36. Let's look at verse 37. And the father himself, which has sent me, had borne witness of me. He's given birth to the witness the father did that. And he goes on to say, ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. So there's the fourth witness right there. He talks about the father. I mean, man, the word will teach you everything you want to know. It'll give you everything that pertains to life and godliness. This ought to always be where you start at. This ought to always be where you make your case at, send people to, whatever. This ought to be always the way you go to get truth you know, information that can be uh, interpreted by the word itself. You don't have to add nothing to it, nothing private. You can go right here. This is more powerful than Webster's American Dictionary. You can go right here, man, and the word will reveal everything you need to know. And so we see right there in the book of John, chapter 5, verse 37, that's the fourth, the third witness. Now let's look at the next witness. The Old Testament bears witness about Jesus. See, a lot of times people don't want to, they'll say Old Testament. Well, you know, he was concealed back there, but we're going to take a look at what John, the revelator, wrote about him in verse 39 about that Old Testament. What did it say? So let's go look at verse 39. In the fifth chapter of John, the book of John, chapter 39, let's see what it says. It says, search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Search the scriptures. So he's telling you right there, go back and search the scriptures. So where does the scripture start at? All the way back when he gave Moses the law. In the Septuagint, he gave him the law, okay? And from that point there, all the way, man, to Revelation, the scriptures testify about Jesus Christ. If you remember in the garden, you know, remember we learned in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. In the beginning, they were there in creation, the Father, the word, and the spirit, and remember in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, when he said, Thy seed of that woman going to bruise the head of the serpent, and the serpent's head is going to bruise the heel of the, of, the, of the seed of the woman. Be enmity between God. That's who he was talking about, Jesus. Amen. And so we see there's another witness right there. Sevenfold witnesses. Amen. Right here in the scriptures. If you ever want to know, you know, who, where, what, 
Just go look in the word. It's all right there. So let's look at another witness, Jesus Christ himself. So we're going to go over in the book of John chapter eight. Amen. Let's go to chapter eight and look at verse 14. We're going a little bit ahead here, but we want to get these witnesses out there. So as we continue this teaching all the way to the end of this chapter, you will know that it's all backed up by the scripture. And this is not just something I'm saying, but this is what's outlined in the word. And this is the proof right here. Look at verse 14 in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 14 of the King James Bible. It says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whether I go. But ye cannot tell whence I come and whether I go. He just letting them know unless you unless you have faith and you're going to come to me and believe me that I'm who I say I am, then, you know, you are never going to be able to believe because I am the word right now. I'm bearing record of myself. You know, I, I got other proof. But but unless you come to me and believe, you know, you, you're never going to know. That's the only way you're going to know. You're going to have to believe. Then he goes on in the book of John, chapter 15, verse 26. Again, we're going a little bit further ahead because remember now the word bears witness of him from beginning all the way to end. So let's go to chapter 15 of the book of John, chapter 26, uh, verse 26. I mean, chapter 15, verse 26, chapter 15, verse 26, chapter 15, verse 26 of the book of John. That's the book of John. Chapter 15, verse 26 of the King James Bible. Amen. So he says right here, now he's talking about the Holy Spirit <coughs> bearing witness to him, uh, who he is. He says, but when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me he shall testify of me you know his whole message is going to be about me mm. he's going to tell you everything that i taught to this taught the disciple before i left he's going to tell you everything that the prophet said about me the minor prophet the major prophet he's going to tell you everything the apostles taught you know the prophets taught He's going to tell you about the foundation that was laid, that no other foundation can be laid. He's going to tell you that I'm the only name by which men can be saved. He's going to testify about me. You know, that's what he's going to do. He's going to be that other witness. Amen. The spirit of truth. And so the, the last one right here to, 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 to conclude the, the, the sevenfold witnesses is the true believers. Now, God's got to have true and real believers. And I always like to look at the apostles, the original apostles, the original prophets, those who actually was right there eyewitnessing him. That's why he said there's no greater foundation that can be laid than those apostles and prophets. He's talking about those that were with him. Those are the ones who were eyewitnesses, especially those apostles. They were right there. They saw him. You know, they, they were eyewitnesses. That's what makes them an apostle. That's one of the number one qualifications, you know. They were right there. Those are the true believers. And if you remember now, when Jesus prayed to the Father in the book of John, chapter 17, verse 17, King James Bible, he said, Father, sanctify them with thy word because thy word is true. All them that you have given to me. Those are those 12 apostles, you know, one of them betrayed him. Okay. 
Judas Iscariot, but he had to be replaced by Matthias. But that's okay. You know, he still ended up with 12. Remember, he sent them out as uh, Pastor Phoebe taught the other morning. So he had those 12 original apostles. You know, they were eyewitnesses. You know, those were the original true believers. Now, there were many, many that they baptized 3,000 one time, 5,000 one time, 10,000 one time in the name of Jesus Christ. As they taught about Jesus Christ, whom they had crucified. And it pricked them in their heart because they were witnessing under the power of the Holy Ghost about Jesus. And many, many, many more people were won to Christ. Many, many more people believed the witness of these believers, these original first believers. They went out, man, and they evangelized. They went out and they reconciled people back to God, you know, under the leading and power of the Holy Ghost. So we see right here in the book of John, chapter 15, verse 27, the King James Bible, Amen. Look at verse 27. We're going to see the true believers here. We just got through looking at verse 26 where the Holy Ghost is, is working. Now let's kind of look at the believers. Verse 27, he says, and this is the book of John, chapter 15, verse 27, the King James Bible. Listen to what he says. And ye also shall bear witness because ye have been with me from the beginning. From the time Jesus began to go forth and teach about his father and about his father's kingdom, preparing them now to teach and preach the gospel, which was the work he started doing. They were going to continue to do that work under the power of the Holy Ghost, who was the spirit of truth that was going to come and teach them. You know what he had said. Remember, remind them and greater works were they going to do. Why? Because they were going to have the help of the Holy Ghost. They could do more. They could do greater works now. You know, they could cover more territory now. Their influence would go further now. They'll reach their stretch. You know, that good news would travel just like right now what we're doing. We're on the we're on this virtual church uh, platform, man. And this word is reaching people. It's going out to places. You know, the gospel message has to be preached. It's getting out there. It's got to be a witness to who Jesus is, you know, have to be. Amen. And so it's a sevenfold, amen, uh, revelation of the sevenfold witnesses to Jesus Christ's authority and his power. <clears throat> amen. So now we've established that. We've laid that foundation. So let's go back over here now to the fifth chapter, and we're going to pick up our discussion. Uh, matter of fact, let's just review verse 31 and look at what it says. And keep in mind, we're talking about the sevenfold witnesses to the, uh, you know, to the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. Verse 31 says this, and we know we went over this the other day, but let's go over it again. It says, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. So who are the witnesses of Jesus Christ's authority and power? How many are there here revealed in the text that we may have proof? The fact remains that one's own testimony must be supported by other witnesses as we just went through about seven of them. Okay. Thank God that Jesus Christ has a sevenfold witness or sevenfold witnesses of who he is, you know. As we just read in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 34, the King James Bible, he says in quotes there, and I saw and bear record that is the Son of God, that he is the Son of God. That's John, verse 5, chapter 31 of the King James Bible, he says this, this is in the book of John, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. Went over these scriptures the other day, amen. 
And so let's go now down here to verse 32. And he says, there is another that beareth witness of me. And I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. The first and most important witness we just went over was the Holy Ghost within him. Okay, the beloved son, that divine witness, the father bears witness and lo, okay, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That's in the book of Matthew chapter three, verse 17, the King James Bible. This is the father was talking. John was baptizing him. Remember, Jesus had to fulfill everything that humans were going to actually be required to fulfill to show us that he could do it without sin. He did not come to try to replace the law, but he came to fulfill the law because we had to have a perfect witness to put us back in right standing with God. And the father is bearing witness. He said, this is my beloved son of whom I'm well, proved, well pleased. And we know as John is out there baptizing over in the third chapter of Matthew, and he's out there ministering, baptizing, and Jesus shows up, and John has to baptize him. And John said, you should be baptizing me. I'm not worthy. And Jesus said, it is, it is, it is, it is fitting that I, I finish what I started. I got to be tempted in all points, and I cannot sin. Basically, to paraphrase, that's what took place. And as that was taking place, that was the last thing that was going to be fulfilled of him as a son of man, as a human being, fully fleshed, fully human. And as he did, he went down that water to fulfill all things. This is what he heard, that, that voice from heaven spoke. And he said, this is, as he came up out the water, a dove-like figure signifying the Holy Ghost came upon Jesus and said, this is my beloved son. That was the voice of the Father, bearing witness that I am I, I highly approved. I'm well pleased with him. And from that point right there, you can go to the book of Luke, chapter 4, uh, verses 18, 19, you will see that immediately Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Ghost and he was full of power. Oh, he was ready now to be a witness himself. And uh, we go on over into the book of Matthew, the 17th chapter, verse 5, the King James Bible, and it says this, while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them and behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Hear ye him. How are we going to be witnesses of him if we don't hear him? All those disciples heard him. OK, and that's what they were going to go out there and witness. Can't just make up stuff about him. You got to hear what he said, which is what he, he what he talked about, his father and his father's kingdom. OK. And he told them what they were going to do. OK. He told them what was going to happen to him and they didn't believe it. But then he also told them what they were going to do. You're going to do the work I'm doing and greater works are you going to do. So those are four things now that they needed to hear about his father. That they are one. You see me. Hitherto my father working out work. You know, the work I'm doing, that's what my father sent me to do. He didn't go out running off being a renegade, you know, a novelist trying to do his own thing. And he told them that I'm, I'm doing what my father sent me to do. This is my meat. Always to do the will of him that sent me. And then he went on to tell them about the kingdom that was going to be set up. And they were going to be a part of that kingdom. You know, not a kingdom of meat and drink. The material things, but a spiritual kingdom, one that was of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, you know, that we just read that was sent to them as a as a promise from the father. 
And so he goes on to say, you know, you got to hear him, hear ye him. OK, then in the book of John, chapter eight, verse 18, the King James Bible, uh, it says this. I am one that bears witness of myself and the father that sent me bears witness of me. Just more proof right here. Uh, for the book of first John, chapter five, verse 19, the King James Bible says this. If ye receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater for this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his son. Now, that's the gospel right there. It's, it's, it's not just the witness of men. You know, remember what happened to the sons of Sceva? They went out there, man, talking about, you know, Paul, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and they got whipped really good by them demons out there, by them evil spirits out there. OK, but Jesus said, when you go out there, you go in my name. And when he sent those 70 pair, those, those 70 witnesses out there, 35 pairs, he told them, don't take no, no script, don't take nothing, just no, no coat, just go out in my name and just talk about Jesus, what he had told them. And if they receive you, eat what they give you to eat, you know, go sit in with them. If they don't, don't worry about it, go to the next city. If they don't, just bid them peace and shake the dust off your feet and keep going. But when they came back, they came back with a good report because they said even demons tremble at that name. OK, at that name. OK. And so this is what he had told them as he taught them before they went out as he prepared them. He says, look, everything your hands find to do, everything come out of your mouth about me, you, about, about the father. You do it all in my name. No other name. This is why Paul wrote over in the book of Acts chapter four, verse 12, of the King James Bible. He said, there's no other name by which men can be saved. So you don't need to be going out there in the name of your apostle, your mega church bishop, you know, all these great philanthropists, all these great business minded folks out there, all these great prophetess and all these false teachers and all these preachers out there. You know, they built these humongous mega ministries, man. I call them aggressive beggars for money, you know, hirelings. Ain't no need to be going out there using their name because ain't nobody going to get saved in any of those names. And this is what Jesus was telling them. He said, hear him. Hear what he's saying, you know. And then go share what he says with the people. He's going to talk about his father. He's going to talk about himself. He's going to talk about the kingdom that he came to establish. And he's going to talk about what you're able to do. Verse 33, he says, ye sent unto John, and he bear witness unto the truth. Talking about John the Baptist now. The second witness, John the Baptist, we talked about him. And many resorted unto him and said, John did, did no miracles, but all things that John spake of this man were true. They were true. They were true. You know, they were true. As we read that in the that's in the uh, book of John, chapter 10, verse 41, the King James Bible. You know, he says, and many reported. Uh, many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracles, but all the things that John spake of this man were true. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Okay. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Another witness. Now, all these people out there, John baptizing, man, isn't it amazing? You out there witnessing about him? Mm -hmm. And he shows up. 
live and in person, face-to-face -face encounter. That's in the book of John chapter 1, verse 29 and verse 36. Amen, the King James Bible. Uh, over in the book of John chapter 3, verse 28 through 36, the King James Bible, and I think I went over this, son, it says this, Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him, and he that hath the bride is the bridegroom. Now, this is John talking about Jesus, uh, John talking about Jesus. But the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This, this my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. And he must increase, but I must decrease. He that cometh from above is above all, and he that is of the earth is earthly, and he speaketh of the earth. And he that cometh from heaven is above all, and, and uh, what he has seen and heard, that he hath set to his seal, that God is true. For he whom, hath, he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God. That's important. He speaketh the words of God. He don't just make up stuff. He don't just grab a little bit of this and grab a little bit of that and make a bowl of spaghetti and throw it out there. No, he only speaks what he's heard. He only do what he saw his father do. That's important, y'all. That'll get the job done. We're only going to preach what Jesus told us to preach, what he taught us to preach, and what the Holy Ghost brings back to our remembrance and what we studied to show ourselves approved to him as a workman who needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. We're going to add nothing to it, take nothing from it. No private interpretation. You know. And he says, for God giveth not the spirit by measure unto him. That's, that's the big spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. In other words, God would give us his spirit to get everything we need to get done as we build and advance his spiritual kingdom. All this other stuff he'll add to us. See, when you seek first the kingdom of God, which is a spiritual kingdom, his way of doing things, what he taught Jesus, what Jesus taught us, and what the Holy Spirit is going to teach us and bring back to our remembrance. That's the kingdom right there. Remember now, we learned in the first book of Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 20, King James Bible, he said the kingdom of God is not in word only, but in power. Power to, be do, to do what? Be a witness about the kingdom. Be a witness about what he taught, what he said. So people don't forget, you know. So we don't forget. We got to keep doing it so we don't forget, you know. Because that's, that, that, that's what God is banking on. He want to hear his word. want to hear us put him in remembrance of it. The father loveth the son and hath given all things unto his hand. He that believeth on the son hath everlasting life. Remember, that's what John taught over there in chapter 20, verse 31. These things are given so that you might believe that Jesus is the son of God and that ye may have eternal life in, in his name. Here it is coming back to us. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Now, the word is witnessing against those who don't believe. Uh, chapter 5, verse 33, the King James Bible, the book of John says this. Ye sent unto John, and he beareth witness unto the truth. Uh, Mark 1 14, the book of Mark chapter 1 verse 14, the King James Bible says this. Now, after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. He didn't come preaching nothing else. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, guess what the disciples were going to be doing after Jesus was crucified? They're going to preach the kingdom of God the resurrection, the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
See, Jesus is coming now teaching the kingdom of God. They're going to continue to teach that, but they're going to go up greater, more work they're going to do. They're going to talk about the death, the burial, and the resurrection because this is how you're going to be saved if you believe that he died for you, that God so loved the world. So let's look at, going to be witnesses to that. Let's look at verse 34. Uh, he says, but I receive not testimony from man, but these things I say that ye might be saved. Jesus Christ came to earth to be a savior for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. That's in the book of Luke chapter two, verse 11, the King James Bible. Look at what he said. I did not come to receive the testimony of men. Okay. This is Jesus. Now he's testifying to the kingdom of the father, the one who sent him. They listening. They taking note. Things are beginning to fall in place for them now. Revelation is beginning to be unfolding now because they're witnessing all of this. They're witnessing actually in live time, you know, real life. What he's telling them is actually taking place right before them because he's doing what? He's, he's giving proof to his claims. Mm -hmm. And there are witnesses to this. They respected John the Baptist. You know, they, everybody knew John's reputation. So let's go a little further here. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. That's in the book of Luke chapter 19, verse 10, the King James Bible. Uh, for God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's in the book of John chapter 3, verse 17, the King James Bible. And he goes on to say, Have, uh, Him hath God exalted with, uh, with, his, with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. That's in the book of Acts. Paul writes this in the book of Acts chapter 5, verse 31, the King James Bible. So you're starting to see all this witnessing going on about who Jesus is. This is a faithful saying and worthy of acceptation. We should accept this because this is God's word here. Paul is giving to Timothy that Christ Jesus is came into the world to save sinners for whom I am chief. This is Paul writing to Timothy. Why? Timothy's getting ready to be a pastor, going to go on and be a bishop. You know, 1 Timothy, the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 15, the King James Bible. So you see Paul now, one of those real true believers, except that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Remember what happened on the road to Damascus, over there in the book of Acts, chapter 6 and chapter 7. Now look at Paul witnessing the, to Timothy. He witnessing the gospel of Timothy of the kingdom of God because Timothy going to be witnesses to his parishioners, his church members. He goes on to say, wherefore, he is able also to save them, um, to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. That's in the book of Hebrew, chapter uh, seven, verse 25, the King James Bible. Again, this could be Paul witnessing right here. A true believer. Remember, there was going to be some of those sevenfold witnesses. Look at verse 35. It says, and he was a burning and a shining light. And ye were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. And all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. That's in the book of Acts chapter 6, verse 15, the King James Bible. So you see right there, man, that, that countenance was on Jesus. Even he himself was witnessing just because of that bright light that was shining on him. And they said in the council, remember, he got bought before the Sanhedrin council. He got bought before all these priests and, and, and elders, and he had to testify. And sometimes Jesus never said a mumbling word. He didn't have to because you could see the brightness on him. You could see that he was different. You can see the distinguishing uh, 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 marks on his countenance. 
shining. They looking at him. He was shining bright. They knew it was something special about him. You know, you know, his very presence was witnessing that he was the Christ. He was the Messiah. That anointing was on him. It was glowing. It was bright. It was shining. You know, you know, you know, his, his light is a radiant light. It lights up everything and everybody, every place. It is a spiritual light, though. You know, we, we got to uh, allow the light of Christ to shine in us because we're supposed to be the light of the world now. We're supposed to be those street lights in those dark cities. We're supposed to be that city that sits on the hill that cannot be here. And this is symbolic now, what I'm talking about. You know, in other words, the light of Christ is not supposed to shine above and beyond any other light to show people the way out of darkness. You know, the Christ in us. You know, that, that's the hope of glory. The Christ in us, that city that sit on the hill that cannot be hid. We ought to let our light show shine. Talking about the Christ in us, the light of the world that's in us. We ought to let that light so shine that men will glory, but men will see our good works and they too will glorify our Father which is in heaven. You know. You know, can't put that light under no bushel. Amen. Just like Christ's light was shining. Uh, and they wanted to kill him because it was something about him that they just they they didn't have it. You know, they didn't have it. They knew he had it. They were jealous of it. They wanted to kill him to try to put that light out. But even in death, man, he's still saving folks. Kill, kill the body, but you can't kill the spirit. Goes on to say, and the Gentiles shall come to the light, that light, thy light. And kings to the brightness of thy rising. And that's in the book of Isaiah, chapter 60, verse 3, the King James Bible. Remember now, we talked about the Old Testament. This is one of the major prophets. All the way back there, you see Isaiah prophesying about Jesus being that light in the future. And now there it is in the future. John is talking about the revelation. And here it is. He's referencing what Isaiah said, prophesied all the way back there. Remember, we talked about one of the seven four witnesses of his power and authority. Here is here is Isaiah right here prophesying way, way back there, 2,750 years before Jesus came to the earth. Remember, the prophets and the apostles, that's the foundation. You know, he goes on to say, ye are the light of the world. A city that sit on the hill cannot be healed. Again, that's in the book of Matthew, chapter five, verse 14, the King James Bible. Uh, also in the book of Acts chapter 13, verse 47, the King James Bible says, For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for the salvation unto the ends of the earth. That means we started with Christ, the gospel of salvation. We got to go through this thing, walk through this thing with the gospel of salvation, and we got to work out our salvation with fear and trembling as we try to make salvation, the plan of salvation, share it with others all the way to the end to be saved. Because salvation is just as much future as it was past and as it is present. Uh, he said, for ye are sometimes, ye, he said, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the world. Walk as children of light. How are we going to witness that we walk in the darkness and they're in the darkness? There's got to be some separation. There's got to be some distinguishing characteristics. Just like Jesus stood before his, his, his accusers, they recognized that there was some different kind of spirit in him than it was in them. Well, that same light got to shine in us. Yes, yes. We got to let it shine, though. We can't, we can't keep it from shining like Peter tried to do. We got to walk in it. We got to walk in that light as children of light. Goes on to say in the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 15, one more scripture, and we're going to close it tonight. He said, That ye may be blameless 
and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Let the Christ in us be that witness. That's in the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 15, the King James Bible. You know, if you got Christ in you, don't try to put him under a bushel. You know, you don't have to go out here and be arrogant, you know, and be standoffish. But in humility, amen, let the Lord use you. Amen. And that's what Jesus did. Be humble as a lamb. Uh, be counted as sheep for the slaughter every day. You know, don't toot your own horn. Just show the love of Christ as he is. So are we in this world, according to the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. Jesus was very meek, mild, and he was very humble because here's the key. He knew who he was and whose he was. Verse 36, he says this, But I have greater witness than that of John, for the works which the Father have given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father have sent me. This was the third witness. We're just going back over these, not going into more detail. Miraculous works he did. God is invisible and unseen to man, but his works are not. We see it all the time. That's what's sustaining us and keeping us. He saved us. He's keeping us. And we're supposed to be satisfied with him. And he said, thou canst not see my face, for there, for, for there shall no man see me and live. Now, here's another Old Testament reference to witness about him. And that's in the book of Exodus, chapter 33, verse 20, the King James Bible. All the way back there, Moses wrote about this. You know, uh, Jesus Christ works his task. Uh, he says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day for the night cometh when no man can work. And that's in the book of John, chapter nine, verse four, the King James Bible. We're in the same boat now. Jesus is gone, but he left us the light of the gospel. He left us the light of his spirit, you know, that we should be able to be that city, the light of the world now. You know, can't put it on no bushel. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he hath declared him. And that's in the book of John, chapter one, verse 18, the King James Bible. So we have to declare what the father and the Holy Spirit and the other witnesses have already declared. We don't need to add nothing else to it. Take nothing else from it. Don't try to mix a little bit of this with a little bit of that. Too many people sometimes mess up the power of the gospel because they don't believe that the gospel is the power under salvation. So they feel like they got to add a little bit of this, do a little bit of that, put this over there, try to do this right here because they're trying to give people what they want and not what they need. Mm. And that's what was the difference between Jesus and them. Jesus came to give them what they needed. They needed a savior to put them back in right standing with the father. Yes. The world today needs a savior. And no man, okay, can be no savior. Only Christ Jesus. You know, he's the only one that can do it. He's the only one the father going to allow to do it. And that's why we got to preach Jesus. And the father himself with has sent me, has borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape. You think you have people putting all this stuff out here on Facebook with all these angels they think they don't see and all these stuff over here moving on the ocean and all this trying to persuade people. Why not just look in the perfect law of liberty and continue therein? That's right. And God will reveal himself to you. He'll show you as much of himself he wants you to see, wants you to know. You know, 
The light, the Bible said that this is that I word to give his light. The book of Psalm chapter 119, verse 130, he says that the entrance of thy word, it giveth light. That should be all the light to suffice us right there until we see Jesus face to face and look upon his face. Amen. Amen. So we're coming in right here. Uh, he says here, who is the image and the of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? That's in the book of Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, the King James Bible. Now unto the King, eternally mortal and visible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And that's in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17, the King James Bible. He says, who only hath immortality dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, whom no man have seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. First Timothy, the uh, sixth chapter, verse 16, the King James Bible. Don't let people be telling you that they saw God and they saw God in this. They saw God and God talked. Don't believe that. You know, it ain't true. No man can see God and live anyway. It says no man have seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us. And his love is perfected in us. Amen. That's in the book of 1 John chapter 4, 4 uh, verse 12, the King James Bible. Uh, and the Father himself, this is verse 37, and this is my last verse. And the Father himself, which have sent me, hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. This was the fourth witness, God himself. Scripture is a divine witness of God. He says, I am one that beareth witness of myself and the father have sent me. The father that sent me beareth witness of me. And that's in the book of John, chapter eight, verse 18. Again, just to reiterate the point, no one having heard God's voice nor seen God. So don't let people lie to you and tell you that. Amen. It's not true. All right, then we're going to end right there for tonight. Amen. Uh, that divine witness, amen, of the revelation of, of, of the sevenfold witnesses of Jesus Christ. We looked at uh, four of them tonight, you know, it's seven of them. So we'll finish up the other three again on Sunday morning, amen, before the ministry of the word. All right, then we're going to end right there. Father, we just thank you tonight for this teaching, Lord God. We thank you that we understand a little bit more right now, Lord God, of who those witnesses were, where they were, and what they were. And so we thank you tonight, and we praise you tonight that, Father, we are those true believers tonight. We're those true believers right now that have been given the task and the mission and the responsibility, Lord God, to shine as lights in this dark place, this desolate place, like a city that's set on a hill that we cannot let our lights be put under the bushel or under the bed somewhere but god we got to let them let the christ in us shine through lord god that men might see our good works and they too will glorify our father which is in heaven so we're just praying right now lord in the name of jesus that you rekindle the fire in us as we saw in those many many witnesses lord god that bear witness to who he was and what he did Lord God, and so we just give you the praise tonight. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We know that Jesus is the light of the world, and as he is the light of the world, we too are supposed to be the light of the world as well. We're supposed to be the salt of the earth, and if we lose our savor, we're not should be good for nothing but to be chosen under the foot of men. So we just thank and praise you tonight, Lord God, for just stirring something up in us, rekindling a fire in us, that we will go forth now. We got a lost world out there right now that need to see the light of Christ in us. And we asking you now, Lord, let them cross our path and let that light shine wherever we may go, whatever we may do, whatever we may say. Let it be all about Jesus Christ and not about us. We pray now for the backsliders that we cross a backslider. Lord, let us 
encourage them that Jesus loved them so much that they can come back. Same thing with prodigal sons and daughters have gone out into the world. God, we believe before their time and they're struggling right now. But we pray in the name of Jesus that they would have an encounter with some man or some woman of God that encourage them and let them know. Pray and hope it be one of us, Lord, that we'll let them know that Jesus Christ, Lord God, said they can always go back to their first love. And so we thank and praise you for that right now, for that witness right now in the name of Jesus. We want to be those effective witnesses. Holy Ghost, we ask you to just witness through us. Give us power to be witnesses first to Jesus and unto the uttermost parts of the world, all of Judea, so Jerusalem, just like they did as they went back home and witnessed to their families. We want to be able to witness to our families first of all and foremost and then outreach from their God. And so we just give you the praise, the glory, and the honor tonight for this word. We thank you for it now. We pray for the mature, the immature tonight, that if they own this line, they heard the word. If they didn't, Lord God, that someone will share this with them and invite them to go and check it out for themselves. And we pray that it light them up like a Christmas tree, Lord, when they hear this word, because you said at the entrance of that word, it giveth light. And so we thank and we praise you for it right now. So we're praying for all those out there struggling with the deity of Jesus Christ, the revelation of him, Lord God, the witness of uh, who they were, what they were, and, and what they did, Lord God. And so we just give you all the praise, the glory, and honor. We're praying now for these five days left in this election cycle. God, we're just praying for your divine intervention right now, God, that, that the, the right man and the right woman or the right candidates will be elected, Lord God, because we know the government is on your shoulders. We know you deserve that the wicked not be in charge, but that the righteous be in charge so that people can, can prosper, Lord God, and rejoice. And so we know you control commo uh, promotions, oh God, and we know you'll take one down and raise up another one. You said we would see it in these last days. The least of them will be the greatest of them and the greatest of them, the least of them. And so we're praying for a healing right now, God, for this coronavirus, uh, Lord God, that is pandemic that is increasing and taking out more people. We're praying in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that we, you will bring this country back together. You, you will forgive our sins and heal our land is our prayer tonight, Lord God. And so we just give you all the praise, the glory. We come against that lying spirit, that deceptive spirit out there right now, Lord God, that is lying to the people, defrauding the people, Lord God, only so that they may win and, and maintain uh, control and power. But God, we're praying for your divine intervention into the midst of all of it. In Jesus' name, that your will will be done in this governmental structure right now, in this political cycle right now. And God, we thank you that the people are getting energized. They're going out and voting. And we're just asking you to protect and watch over those out there, God. Protect them against the elements. We're praying, Lord God, for relief down there in Louisiana and all those that are put in arms away from this tornado, uh, these, these bad storms that are going through the area right now. And we just give you praise, Lord, for covenants with your blood and putting the hedge of protection around us for us. In Jesus' name that we pray tonight, amen and amen. Your will be done in Jesus' name. We love you, Father. We thank you and we praise you for your son, Jesus, the light of the world, the savior of the world, for it's in his name that all of us are saved and we give you praise going on for it right now we thank you for our salvation in jesus name amen and amen